The Quack presents The Losers Guild. I'm Dave Atkinson. This little homemade podcast is written and voiced by me, but I couldn't have made it without the support of the super pals of my Patreon. People like Sally and Sarah. Thank you. To become a member, visit patreon.com slash the underscore quack. I'm really sorry I'm a little late with chapter 10. My cold is all cleared up so we can get back to business. Now, just a reminder, this will be the last episode for a little while. I need to take a break to write up the next bunch of chapters, and I promise the losers will be back as soon as possible. Keep watching the feed during the break. I will probably pop a few treats up there every once in a while. That's it for announcements for now. Let's get to the story. Chapter 10. Sister Cat yawned and stretched in the darkness of the cramped cabin of the Mama Rolls. It was so dark inside the hull of this little ship, it was impossible for her to know what time it was or how long she'd been asleep. This area below deck of the little sailboat smelled of goblin body odor and old cheese, but it was surprisingly dry. The mama rolls may have looked as if her patches were barely holding her together, but the little ship was sound. Fantabulo hadn't steered them wrong. A few hours earlier, with the waters of Lake Sparrow calm and a good steady breeze in their sails, Captain Reza gave the losers leave to get a bit of rest. Cat, Bink, and Gran hadn't slept much the night before, and the fatigue wore heavy on their faces. Cat was just now feeling much better. She grabbed the hem of her wool blanket to begin to fold it up, only to find Bink snuggled between her sleeping berth and the hull of the ship. She smiled and tucked him back in before moving slowly toward the hatch. She threw it open and was met by a gust of fresh sea air. Oh my goodness, she gasped, overwhelmed by the vastness of the sky overhead and the sea around her. That is so much better. Glad you could sleep, said Gran. I couldn't do it. Cat saw Gran sitting further toward the bow on the port side of the boat, their legs dangling over the gunwale. The halfling's face had turned a sickly shade of green. Cat made her way up the deck and sat down beside them. You don't have your sea legs, she said. Last I checked, I barely have any legs, said Gran. I'd say they were jelly, but if they were jelly, I'd probably have barfed them up. Farmer on a boat, said Cat, nodding. Farmer on a boat, repeated Gran. Cat leaned back and looked around. The sun was low in the sky to the west. It was almost a half hour from sunset. The sky was streaked with pink and gray clouds. I must have slept for hours, she said, and you must be exhausted. Gran nodded. Exhausted. I'm very, very seasick. Oh, sweetie, said Cat. I'm so sorry. Do you mind? she added, touching her pendant. If you can, said Gran. Cat smiled and put a hand on their shoulder. Almighty Mistra, she said, please heal my poor, wretched friend. Her pendant glowed for a brief second with a soft white light. Better, she said. A little, said Gran. Am I still green? 
I'm afraid so, said Kat. She looked around. We should be there though soon, right? Is that Middle Island over there? Kat pointed at a mass of land just visible in the distance. She could see the gray silhouette of trees on a low, rocky island. No, said Gran, not looking up. That's Bald Island. Middle Island is past it. How much longer do you think we'll be sailing? Gran sighed. Four or five hours, they said. At least. Cat rubbed their back. Poor little Gran. They sat together quietly for a while, watching the water slip beneath the boat as they sailed. Can I ask you something? said Cat. Of course, said Gran. Are we doing the right thing? she asked. Like, this whole thing. Shouldn't you be home helping with the harvest? And shouldn't I be, like, at the temple serving dinner? And shouldn't Bink do whatever it is Bink does? Gran kept watching the water. It kind of doesn't matter, said Gran. We can't go back. If what Fantabulo said is right, the guards are going to blame these explosions on us anyway, which means the dungeon, or worse. If we could find something out here to point to what's really going on, we could clear our names, and maybe we could even go back to Eleanor as something other than losers. Are you scared of what we might find? said Cat. Gran allowed themselves the first smile in a few hours. Nah, they said. With you and Bink at my side, I'm not scared of anything. Cat giggled. You're lying, she said, but I love it. A sudden chill ran up Cat's spine. Her smile faded. Did you feel that? she said. Feel what? said Gran. Cat shuddered. I don't know, she said. Something yucky. Something cold. Seriously, you can't feel anything? Gran looked confused. Not at all, they said. You sure you're okay? A loud thump came from behind them midship. Cat and Gran swiveled to see the hatch flop open. Bink strode onto the deck, rubbing his eyes. Were you guys going to let me sleep all day or what? Sorry, buddy, said Cat. You just look so sweet there curled up, I didn't have the heart to wake you up. The little goblin stood tall and put his hands on his hips. I am pretty adorable, he said. Kind of makes me want to look out onto this vast sea and think about all the times I could have... Holy crap, there's a dead lady in the water! Cat and Gran jumped to their feet. What? gasped Cat. What are you talking about? said Gran. Bank grabbed hold of the railing and leaned over the side. Right there, he said pointing with his finger at something floating just off the starboard side. Jeez, he's all bloated in. Captain Reza, do you have something we can pull her in with? called Gran. You want to do what with her? said Bink. You heard me said the dead and bloated part, right? Captain, shouted Gran. Yeah, yeah, said Reza, who had been sitting at the tiller, holding their course steady with one hand while they held a book in the other. Jacks, you lazy butt, get the hook! Jax was already reaching under the gunwale on the port side. He withdrew a long pole with a boat hook on the end. Hurry up, we're going to pass her, shouted Gran. She's just coming past on the starboard side. Jax reached over the side with his pole and hooked the end into the gray, soaked clothing of the body floating by. He struggled to haul the weight out of the water. He gave the losers a look, which unmistakably said he needed some help. 
Gran rushed to his side and helped heave the body over the railing and onto the ship's deck. Oh my gosh, she's just a kid, said Gran. The girl was a gruesome sight. Her face and hands were bloated and swollen from her time in the water. Her clothes looked like they might once have been well cared for, but were sopping wet and disheveled with bits of seaweed tangled into the seams. What do you think happened to her? said Cat, who couldn't bring herself near the girl. The chill she'd felt earlier was so strong. I don't know, said Gran. Maybe she fell off another ship, or I have no idea. Gran looked at the girl with quiet compassion. They wanted her to have some dignity in death. They began to pull strands of seaweed from her clothes and hair. The girl coughed up a mouthful of water. Everyone gasped. She's alive, said Gran. Quick, somebody help me. The girl coughed up a throat full of water and began crying as she desperately pulled air into her lungs. Gran could see her skin was already pale blue from her lack of oxygen and her time in the water. Get some blankets, they called. We need to warm her up. Gran held the girl in their arms to help her cough all the water out. Jackson Reza brought a couple of old wool blankets from below deck. The girl's coughing subsided, and she began to breathe easier. You saved me, she gasped to Gran. Thank you. It's okay, it's okay, said Gran. You're safe now. Hey, what's your name? How did you get into the water? The girl tried to open her eyes to look at Gran. One eye was bloodshot. The other was so swollen it couldn't even open. I'm Dolly, she said, her jaw shivering. I was... We were... Oh, my, my sisters! You have to help me find my sisters! She hugged Gran tight. Hey now, shh, we've got you now, they said. It's going to be okay. Yeah, holy cow, I thought you were dead for sure, said Bink. What with the floating in the sea and being all gross and bloated and... Bink, said Gran. Bink nodded. Sister Cat, we can use some of that healing right around now, said Gran. She's alive, but she's really hurt. In that small sailboat, Cat stood as far as she could from Gran and Dolly, her back pressed against the port railing. I don't think so, she said her chest heaving. Gran stared at her. What are you talking about? She could die, Cat. She needs you. Cat shook her head. No, she doesn't, she said. Waves of cold terror washed over Cat. The feeling was stronger now. There was something not right about this girl. Please help me, said Dolly. Cat, are you a sister of Mr. or what? said Gran. Are you just going to stand there? Cat took a step forward. She clutched the pendant around her neck and made a sweeping motion around her body with her other hand, all the while whispering a prayer to her god. Mistra, show me the truth, she said. The pendant in her hand glowed. Her vision flashed, replaced by a new way of seeing. All of the colors around her had been toned down. She looked around and saw the cold gray sea and her friends, who seemed to be shadows of their normal selves, in tones of black and white and gray. She looked at Dolly. 
Dolly radiated green light. As the only bit of color in Kat's vision, there was no mistaking the evil that so saturated her skin it seemed to be leaking out. The others, of course, saw none of this. All they could see was Sister Cat preparing a spell and looking around. They could see her staring at this poor wretched girl with a look of fear and hatred in her eyes. Cat, what is wrong with you? said Gran. Cat's left hand never left her pendant. With her right hand, she reached into the air as if to pull something down from the sky. Give me sacred fire, she said, her eyes fixed on Dolly. Cat, what are you doing? said Gran. But it was too late. Sister Cat had grabbed a handful of blue flame from the air and pulled it down as if it were a bell cord. Gran had just enough time to look up to see a second blue flame almost directly above them. It streaked down from the sky and hit Dolly, enveloping her in fire. The little girl screeched in torment and pain. Cat! yelled Gran. Get away from her! commanded Sister Cat. Her eyes locked on Dolly. She is not what she seems. Gran looked at Dolly, who was crawling toward them. The flame had obviously hurt her. She reached out to Gran. Please, she whispered. Help me. She's going to kill me. Gran looked back and forth between Cat and Dolly. The injured girl looked so helpless. Gran reached out a hand to help her up. You're so sweet, she said, grabbing Gran's hand with a grip that was shockingly strong. She pulled them close. Don't let that lady hurt me. Gran, no, said Cat. She is evil. What are you talking about, Cat? She's just... Gran's words stuck in their throat as Dolly's arms wrapped fully around their body, pinning their arms to their sides. So sweet, she whispered her mouth hardly an inch from Gran's ear. Their breath smelled rotten and sweet. So tender. Dolly pushed backward with all her weight over the ship's railing, pulling Gran with them. No! shouted Sister Cat, watching her friend fall under the steel-gray waves of the sea. What just happened? said Bink, rushing to the railing. What the heck is that girl? I don't know, said Cat. We've got to get Gran out of there. They can't even swim. I got him, said Bink. But instead of diving into the water, he ran back to the cabin. What are you doing, said Cat. I need something. Gran barely had time to draw a breath before being pulled into the water. The icy cold darkness of the sea wrapped around them like the cloying arms and legs of Dolly. She pulled them deeper under the waves, the dim, shimmering light of the surface moving farther away. Gran struggled against the surprising strength of the little girl. Her fingernails bit into their flesh, drawing blood. Gran thrashed about in a wild panic, finally pulling themselves free from Dolly's clutches. When they spun around to face their attacker, the girl's bloated visage had changed into something horrifying. Ragged ribbons of green hair floated around her face like seaweed. Her skin was a sickly blue-green. Her giant toothy mouth opened into a bloodthirsty grin. One of her eyes was missing. The other was bloodshot, cold, and hungry. Gran released the breath they'd been holding in a single, desperate scream. 
Spink threw open the hatch to the cabin and climbed in. He knew Gran had put it in here somewhere. Bink, we're running out of time, yelled Cat. Bink scanned the cramped cabin. There was barely enough space in here for a few bedrolls and their supplies for a few days. There was Gran's pack. It had to be over there. Got it! Bink emerged from the cabin holding Gran's new quarterstaff, the gift from their grandmother. Bink didn't even pause as he ran straight toward the railing and dived into the water. Gran had never been so afraid in their life. They swam desperately for the surface to get away from this creature. Dolly, or whatever she was, moved effortlessly through the water. She seemed to be laughing at them, her seaweed hair streaming around her hideous face, driving a terror into Gran's heart they'd never felt before. Bink's eyes took a moment to adjust to the dim light under the water. He could see Gran thrashing desperately to reach the surface. Dolly swam around them with the eerie grace of an eel. There was something different about her, something evil, but he wouldn't allow his eyes to focus on her. Bink kept his eyes locked on Gran. Bink swam toward them, tugging Gran's staff with him. When Bink was finally within reach, he held out the staff. One of Gran's flailing hands touched it with a fingertip and immediately grabbed onto it for dear life. The wooden staff in their hand felt like the only tangible object in this vast, dark sea. Dolly's laugh was evil. Gran and Bink shuddered with the realization they could hear her under the water. She swam towards Gran, her hands outstretched with jagged claws hungry to tear into their flesh. Gran's reaction was all instinct. They faced their attacker and drove the butt of their grandmother's staff into the base of her neck. Her hideous, playful grin broke into a snarl of pain. Grandma Borba was right. This stick hit extra hard. Bink, swimming above them, focused on Dolly. Just the sight of her caused a cold wave of fear in the pit of his stomach. He saw Dolly prepare to strike at Gran again. The goblin hoped like heck he could make a spell work under the water. Bubbles emerged from his mouth as he whispered, Get away, you maggot-crusted, broken teacup full of bile! Bink knew his spell hit its mark. The change on Dolly's face was immediate. Bink watched her shut her eyes and put her hands over her ears. He knew his whispered message was repeating and amplifying itself inside her brain until she could hear nothing else. She turned and swam as fast as she could away from them, disappearing into the darkness of the lake. Bink and Gran wasted no time. Gran had been under the water so long, the world was becoming dark around them. They needed to get to the surface, but it seemed so far away. They tried to remember the instructions their grandmother had given them just the night before as she gave them the staff. They hadn't been able to get its magic to work there in the barn as hard as they tried. It seemed hopeless to try it now. Gran looked above them to the rippling waves at the surface, it was just a few dozen feet away, but it might as well have been a mile. They pictured themselves up there as they adjusted their grip on the staff. And then they were there. The staff had transported them instantaneously to the surface. Gran gasped at the cool evening air, feeling it replenish and restore them. Gran, yelled Sister Cat from the nearby boat. Are you okay? Where is she? She swam away, but she could be back, said Gran between breaths. Where's Bink? 
called Cat. A splash in the water nearby startled Gran. They looked over and saw Bink emerge. Dang, that chick is scary, he said. Bink, shouted Gran, you saved me. Yeah, but we better get out of this water. She could be back and... Bink's final words were cut off as he was yanked beneath the waves. Bink, cried Gran. Where is he? Can you see him? Cat moved up and down along the boat, trying to catch a glimpse of her friend in the water. She must have him, she called. I can't see him. Gran treaded water, turning every few seconds, looking for any sign of Bink. Dolly and Bink breached the surface just a few feet away, her long, toothy mouth stretched into a wide grin. In her arms, she held Bink tight, one hand over his nose and mouth, the other held his arms to his sides like a straitjacket. Ribbons of hair clung to Dolly's monstrous face like wet grass. She held Bink's nose just above the waterline so he could catch a single breath of air before a wave washed over his face. Let him go, commanded Sister Cat from the deck of the Mama Rolls. Release him or I will call down the fire of mystery to destroy you. I have no doubt you would, little sister, said Dolly. It's hardly fair. Three of you against little me? I'll tell you what. If you want to see your friend again, why don't you come see us on Bald Island? What do you want, said Cat? Just let him go. Dolly's grin faded as she squinted her one good eye at Sister Cat. The eye, she said. I want the eye. <laughs> Dolly screamed in pain as Bink bit the bony green hand clamped around his mouth. Waste this chick, cat, he shouted. She ain't nothing but a slippery, rotten piece of stinkfish floating in the... Enough, said Dolly. She raked her razor claws against his face, drawing blood and immediately shutting him up. The eye, she said. Bring us the eye. Before Cat or Gran could respond, she disappeared with Bink beneath the waves, swimming away at a ridiculous speed. They'd never catch her. They watched her swim toward the shadowy massive island on the horizon. Sister Cat reached her hand over the side of the boat. Hold out your staff, she said. I'll pull you in. Gran obeyed, kicking frantically to get close enough to reach. What the sweet heck was that? said Captain Reza, coming out from her hiding spot behind a storage locker. Cat grasped the staff and pulled Gran toward the ship. Mistra knows, she said, hauling Gran onto the deck. But we are following her, she said, staring at Reza. Now. You're telling me you want to... Now, commanded Cat. The captain paused for a second. You're the boss, boss. Jax didn't wait for his sister's orders. He began hauling rope on the mainsail. You're gonna get us all killed, said Reza. The Losers Guild is written and produced by me, Dave Atkinson. You can find more, including links to my socials, newsletter, and Patreon at daveatkinson.ca. Don't forget to review The Losers Guild on your favorite podcasting app. And please tell your friends. Every little bit helps. The Losers are going to be on a break for the next couple of months while I write up the next bunch of chapters. I promise Bink, Cat, and Grand will be back as soon as possible. Thank you for listening. 
I will talk to you soon.